0: Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love.
1: Now here's your host, Ari Meisel.
0: Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Mizel, and my guest today is Justin Ehrlich, who is a Chinese medicine and Taoist practitioner that helps people integrate all the various aspects of their lives into one sort of cohesive element. I guess that's the hope. So Justin, thank you for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ari. Great to be here.
0: So uh, with, with a name like Justin Ehrlich, you're obviously not
1: Chinese. <laughs> no, right? no, definitely so, not.
0: <laughs> what drew you to Chinese medicine
1: in the first place? Um, you know, I got exposed to it through martial arts when I was a kid. Um, it's various breathing practices, meditation practices, a little bit of medicine, how to treat injuries. And I just had a, a very strong resonance with it and kind of got drawn in without realizing I was being drawn into it. <laughs>
0: And so did, there was no like health crisis that sort of drove me to that or anything. It's just it's something of interest.
1: No, what, um, what interested me more was sort of the cultivational side of it, of how it promoted health and, and looked at health. Um, but it wasn't that I was dealing with a health issue. It was more that I was fascinated with, uh, how wise it seemed to be, how integrated it seemed to be.
0: Well, and then so for, for people who aren't familiar with the practice of Chinese medicine, I'm sure, you know, they can generalize and guess about uh, West versus East, maybe, but, but how
1: do you usually explain to people what Chinese medicine is? Well, you know, like Western medicine has an overriding theory of how it looks at human health. Um, and then it has its sets of tools and those tools can be pharmaceuticals. They can be physical therapy, occupational therapy, respiratory therapy, surgery etc and chinese medicine also has its world view of how it views health and the human experience um, in relationship to the external world viruses bacteria weather climatic factors those sorts of things trauma as well as the internal factors of our emotions and the foods that we eat and how we process and interact with reality um and then we have tools acupuncture, herbal medicine, stone medicine, essential oils, physical therapy exercises, body work, massage, et cetera. Um, And uh, it's really the overriding sort of philosophy that makes the bigger difference in how we look at things. And the tools are really about what suits the person. So some people you treat with acupuncture, some you treat with herbs, some you treat with essential oils. Um, But we shouldn't really think of Chinese medicine. Most of the time we think of it as acupuncture, but really acupuncture is just a tool. Um, it's not Chinese medicine.
0: Okay, gotcha. So the other thing is, I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would generally say that for acute things, uh, Western medicine tends to be the place where I would go. And for chronic things, that's where I want to look at Eastern medicine.
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on on what your definition of acute is, I suppose. Certainly, if, I, if I'm hit by a car, if I break my leg, I'm going to go to the, the orthopod, Go get go to the ER. Get get surgery. Get things put back in place. Um, But for like acute infectious diseases, uh, Chinese medicine can actually be um, really extremely powerful um, for flu viruses, infectious diseases, those sorts of things. Um, And then definitely when you look at at chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases, degenerative diseases. These are areas uh, long term emotional stressors depression ptsd those sorts of things these are areas where western medicine really is um you know it's not as developed as it as it should be um and and chinese medicine with its sort of philosophical background really can be be much more powerful with really almost zero to minimal side effects um for the long-term health of the person because a lot of the autoimmune pharmaceuticals really have some pretty um, intense side effects that are, um, not ideal.
0: Yeah, of, so of course. So <clears throat> can you sort of walk us through what it looks like when someone comes to, you know, what, what, what are the kinds of questions you might ask them? Obviously depends, you know, you can give an example of yeah. something that's wrong, but what are the kinds of things you might ask them? What are the modalities that you might use to, uh, help them in that situation?
1: Well, you know, if you're looking at a, a long-term disorder like PTSD, or you're looking at a, a degenerative autoimmune condition or something like that, you really need to do a lot of um, detective work to kind of look back into the history of the person's life to see where did this all start, what happened, and what were the coping mechanisms that they developed to process all of this. Most of the time, by the time I I see someone, this disease process, if we're going to call it a disease, um, has been in process for decades. Um, it didn't. They, when they got their symptoms, was not when the disease started. And so, what you're trying to do is to go back into their life history to sort out well what happened originally that caused this sort of downstream cascade that eventually led to whatever autoimmune disease that you're experiencing or whatever PTSD patterning that you're experiencing. Um, and so, I do a lot of work of of really looking back into the history of a person's life to try to um, connect the dots and get some some context for the current symptoms that they are um, experiencing and then from there i will recommend herbal medicines uh, topical use of essential oils acupuncture meditation techniques journaling exercise those are all just tools and that's really about you know you may resonate very well with doing exercise as a therapeutic modality and i might like to take herbs and somebody else might like to get acupuncture. And really then it's just about meeting the person where they're at and what's going to work with their schedule and their lifestyle and their personality from that point forward.
0: Okay. So then let's talk about my example, for example, when I, when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, okay. So Mm -hmm. I was 23. It's pretty, I mean, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. I was eating two meals at McDonald's every day. I mean, there were some obvious signs there, but I was also (laughs) with an enormous amount of stress. So yeah, other than the obvious, uh, in that situation that you would probably want me to change. What are some of the like the Chinese medicines that you might use for, I guess, an inf- any kind of inflammatory condition in that case?
1: Yeah. So like we basically we have we have two strategies generally speaking, that we take in Chinese medicine. One is that we try to promote some sort of detoxification to clear out the inflammatory cascade, to break the cycle of whatever is going on. And then the other side of it is, if that inflammatory cascade is just too intense and your body is really in like an acute flare-up, then what we try to do is kind of put everything back in the closet. We try to just slow everything down, let you gather some resources, and then ask your body to go through whatever sort of healing Process that it needs to go through, and with the gut, one of the things that's that's very um, interesting is the you know, the acupuncture channels, as we study them, really are not just these points on the body that are connected you know along a pathway they they represent concepts, and so like the stomach acupuncture channel goes from beneath the eyes, past the nose, past the mouth, past the jaw, past the ears, and up into the brain. Um, and it represents that we really have to digest everything that we see, everything that we smell, everything that we eat, everything we hear, and everything we think. And so, anytime somebody is coming in with um, a digestive disorder, you want to look at like all the factors in their lives that are they're having a hard time digesting, and that could be the McDonald's, but that could also be the stress of whatever it is that you were doing at that time. And so then you start to look at like why is that hard for you to digest and how do we support that mechanism so there's not as much of a inflammatory response and then if the if the person is strong you support that detoxification to clear out the inflammation you give some herbs um, which can be extremely powerful um, including things like turmeric and those sorts of things which are you know fairly well researched now um and you also look at well what damage has been done by this inflammation and how do we um Build back the lining of the gut if that has been worn down. So you give herbs that help to rebuild the lining. Um, maybe you recommend some collagen supplements. Maybe you recommend some deglycerated licorice. Maybe you recommend you know all the different things that can be good for rebuilding the lining if that's been been damaged. Um,
0: so that, sorry, that's interrupt. But that so that last part is very very interesting to me uh, because. I, I was able to exhibit healing of scar tissue and that's what per- particularly with Crohn's is supposed to not be possible. Mm-hmm. It, they say that you can't, you know, once it's scarred, it's scarred, you can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah. That's um, nonsense. Right. It,
0: <laughs> right. But they say that. And I think they still say that <laughs> to the most, like what, you know, basically it, it, it's scarred and that's it. So then it's like, you just have to deal with that. And, um, I was able to heal the scarring that I had and we showed that under, uh, x-ray oh. and cat scan and everything. So, yeah, that last part is fascinating. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like the detox. The, uh, the... Sorry
1: for the barking dog in the background. There,
0: <laughs> no problem. I thought that was actually mine. So <laughs> uh, the detox is sort of repackaging, and then the rebuilding. I like. I like yeah,
1: that. yeah. You look at like how do you treat that acute inflammation that's there, and there's you know a myriad of ways that we can go about that. And then once that's done, you of course you want to eliminate the things that were causing it in the in the first place. But then you also you have to heal. Um, and it's it's very much like that with with orthopedic medicine as well. It's like, okay, first, you have to address the physical alignment. The bone's out of place. If it's broken, you got to put it back in place. Second, you've got to deal with the chemical inflammatory cascade. And then three, you have to support healing and, and regeneration. And any sort of treatment really has to always address the sort of physical patterning, the food you put in, the downstream chemical cascade of inflammation that's being caused by that, whether it's a broken bone or a, a Big Mac. Um, and then three, you've got to recover, You got to regenerate.
0: Yeah. So now what about people who don't necessarily have, well, they don't have a, a, a ailment, but they want to, they want to be more higher performers, right? So we're, we're talking about athletes, about CEOs that, that want to get that extra 1%, right? So what, what do you do nowadays? What's your favorite way to sort of handle that?
1: Well, my... You know, Chinese medicine fundamentally is about customization. So it's really looking at that person and like, how do we best optimize for them? What you might need and what I might need and what, um, you know, a a friend might need will all be different. Um, And so one person might do better by optimizing their sleep because they have some sleeping patterns that need to be addressed. Another person might have a lot of tension in their chest and their shoulders because they're hunched over a computer all day. Another person might have burned the candle at both ends for a while and have a certain amount of adrenal fatigue. And so really what I find is that optimization isn't this sort of like, okay, you should absolutely do some intermittent fasting and then you should do this. And it's, it's really about Trying to understand the person and how can we continually refine the the rounding out of our life, addressing really what's there for each person on a unique level, whether that's a physical stressor, an emotional stressor, or some sort of existential spiritual stressor.
0: Well, um, and so you don't necessarily have the same diagnostic uh, uh, resources at your disposal that you know a hospital obviously might have, or or a, uh, a traditional. Western medicine doctor. So is, is a lot of this, as you said, really just through like asking a lot of questions and understanding the background?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm with a person uh, in person, I can look at their tongue, feel their pulses. Um, I look at lab work all the time. And of course, lab work, I don't need to be in person right? um, because that's just lab work that you can get ordered anywhere and then send me the results. Um, And then it's a lot of questioning because really, you know, diagnosis is about collection of useful data points so you can paint a picture of what's going on in the person's life and so you ask questions to get some perspective on their their triggers their their lifestyle patterns and that sort of stuff and you have to put that in context to what the blood work shows to what the symptoms show and all of that it really is about painting this complete picture of their symptoms
0: well and what i like about that again i mean i feel this is i want to reiterate this point for people is that if you were to come in you do some amazing like a very advanced test that says this person has this and then mm-hmm. you go and treat that that's it's like treating a symptom really it's not really it is
1: yeah it you have, the first place. exactly you have to look at this big picture of like what is it that I'm suffering with I have shoulder pain or knee pain or ulcerative colitis or migraines or whatever it is and then you look at the blood work and then you look at the lifestyle And then you look at the emotional patterning and the emotional experiences and the lifetime experiences. And then all of that together starts to paint this picture of like, this is why this is happening. But without it, it's like you're looking at, you know, it's the, like that story of the, the old blind men feeling the elephant at different locations and they're all feeling something different and they think they're feeling something different, but it's still part of that whole picture of the elephant, right? We need to like connect those dots if we really want to work with a, a person versus a disease. And, th- and that's really like the hallmark of Chinese medicine is that we treat the person, not the disease.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so what are, what are some of the things that you're really excited about? And I mean, cause I, I imagine that Chinese medicine is one of those things that you can probably keep learning for quite a long <laughs> no, time. Right. So yeah. what are you, what are you most excited about? To, for me, next?
1: Um, at this point in my practice, I think the the most intriguing part is working with these sort of deep emotional spiritual patternings of people i really love seeing how a person's perspective of reality of their life experiences can can really sort of fundamentally change where we see these things that were were historically traumatic events suddenly become these gateways into really sort of profound awakening to ourselves and what our life is about um Treating physical diseases, you know, sprained ankles, those sorts of things, it's, it's quite easy with Chinese medicine, but it's not particularly emotionally stimulating for me anymore. Sure. Um, autoimmune diseases I love working with uh, just because I feel like the, the Western medical options are, are pretty pretty limited at this point. But the part that gets me excited and that I, I spend most of my time about is really the sort of emotional, spiritual side of it.
0: So the last question I always like to ask on these interviews is what are your top three pieces of advice for people to
1: be more effective? The one advice that I, I give to pretty much every person I see is to slow down and have this idea of, um, inner honesty or inner vulnerability really to like take pause and just be honest with ourselves about what it is that we're feeling without judgment. Um, I think there is a, a profound need for that in our society to, to be able to slow down and not be outwardly vulnerable and, and share all of my baggage or my drama with you um, and like the rest of the world. But really more about being honest with myself internally and to take some time to just sit and breathe every day, to give yourself the gift of just sitting and breathing without doing anything. And then the third thing I would say is, is try intermittent fasting at least once a week. It's a remarkable thing for our health and for the general american public i think it is one of the best things that we can um begin to integrate into our uh, our lives
0: so well and so i i don't want to cut you off but those are great but tell me how do you do if in your
1: life um i usually do it probably three to four days a week um and i'll usually have a, a cup of tea in the morning or a cup of coffee um so, it's not strict fasting. I will do twenty four or thirty six hour fast where I'm doing just water um but often I'll have a some m c t oil or maybe a, an exogenous ketone during that period um or just some Chinese herbs, just some herbal tea, and then i'll during those periods of fasting i'll I'll step away from the computer, do a little more meditation, do a little more breath work, and really kind of let my body get nourishment from an external source of breath and meditation rather than from food um And I try to do that, you know, two to three days a week, um, at least, and then maybe a 24 or 36 hour fast every two to three weeks.
0: That's awesome. That's great. And I've seen the effects of that. And I know that that's, that's one of those sort of easy ones to just try and see what it does for you. So
1: yeah, uh, Yeah, it's a good, good gateway into that, that realm.
0: Well, so Justin, thank you so much for your time and for sharing that with us. How can people find out more about you And, and you work remotely with people, right? So people could, people could work with you to get treated.
1: Yes, absolutely. I work with people all over the country. Um, you don't have to be in San Diego, which is where I'm based. Um, most of the stuff I do, we don't need to be in person for, um, and you can find me on my website, just J U S T I N E H R L I C H J-U-S-T-I-N-E-H-R-L-I-C-H.com. Wonderful. Well, Justin, thank you again. Thanks so much. Ari. It's really great to be here.
0: Thanks for listening to the less doing podcast. If you'd like to get more done in less time, join our exclusive community of entrepreneurs and visionaries, the Less Doing Labs. It's free and just for you. Go to lessdoinglabs.com slash more done.